Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering The Poison Rose. Again, with special guest, Kathy Schumer. was 2022 2022 we had just finished up with you know a 70 episode investigation into the works of John Travolta for Travolta I had to finish it up by talking about a movie uh, called The Poison Rose I thought I was done with that period of my life but you know all things have a way of coming back now I found myself year on and here I am again once again confronted with the motion picture the Poison Rose. <laughs> the Poison Rose. That's right, folks. Um, welcome back to the Poison Cast. <laughs> Is that the joke? Was that the joke? No, that, that was not the joke. joke. That was not the joke. <laughs> okay. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, that was not the joke. I'm not going to blow all my comedy that early. You got to dole it out over time, you know? Yeah, like this like precious po- minerals. You can't just like dump them all at once. Yeah, like this podcast. We can't- it's, it's like oil. You can't just refine it all at once to take over the town of Galveston, Texas. You need to dole it out over time. Was that in the your joke? Nasty scheme. No. We'll be waiting for this joke. No, it's, it's coming. The specific thing Folks, in the Folks, Jeff told us where we started recording to Kathy and I. Uh, I have a I have a really funny joke that I'm going to tell some at some point in the podcast. I just want to let you guys know so you laugh at it. So, so we're waiting. We're, we're, waiting, we're like we're trying to wait on when this joke will happen. So when it does happen, we deliberately really laugh. There's going to be really so laugh. many um uh red herring jokes throughout this episode that you guys are going to think is the joke, and then when you start laughing really hard, y'all be like, that Jeff, was the joke. Your comedy is red herring jokes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is your comedy. I like red herrings. Yeah. You know what else has a lot of red herrings? This movie. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> that we're covering again. Yeah, the amount of times that a major plot development is introduced in this movie, and you're like, oh, this is going to yeah. be it, and then they yeah. never mention it again. Nope. Uh, remember, yeah. what was her name? Mary Poole. The- <laughs> yeah, what happened, happened to her? I, I, what happened to her? Uh, she <laughs> died? Like, off screen? The number she was died. disconnected. <laughs> and that's all we hear about right. it. She switched a, a T-Mobile to Verizon Wireless. And that was all we heard from her. Wait, uh, who hired him to find Mary Poole? Her niece? I thought it was Mary who hired... Uh, Travolta to find Barbara. Oh, Barbara Poole. Barbara Van Poole. Oh, Barbara Van Poole. Because I think the the woman who hired him was named Mary because that was her niece. Okay. Yeah. Barbara is Mary's aunt. And so she's like, I want you to go find my aunt. But we never seen Barbara, did we? Nope. No. We so saw her grave. <gasps> right. With a some resemblance of a body, maybe? Yeah, we saw a hand. That's about it. It was possibly her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, folks, so... As you all remember, obviously, uh, because you're all scholars of this podcast, uh, we talked about the Poison Rose once um, in our Travolta days. Uh, But Stuart and I, our memory's a little fuzzy nowadays. And so (laughs) when it came time and we realized we're going to have to talk about this movie again um, because of Brendan Fraser's involvement in the project, um, we thought we might need an expert to come in uh, to talk about John Travolta because, you know, it's such a he's such a major part of this movie. Hello. And here's <laughs> Kathy as our Travolta expert. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, to help guide us through Travolta in this movie. 
because um, we have to put our brain power towards Brendan right now. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh gosh! Jeff, you remember your comments the last time we talked about Brendan? Yes, and I'm going to rescind almost all of them. Okay. It was painful. <laughs> it was painful to well, everybody was, but and poor Ella. Yeah. Oh, I remember no. I had some comments about Ella on the last episode. Oh, no. I might have to rescind those comments. Actually, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Why? What? What? Oh, I just Did said, you... like, oh, I listened to our last episode. I Because la- the last time we covered this episode was when uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was coming out. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I, I said her acting, Ella's acting in this movie, is like she's acting against, like, a blue or green screen. <laughs> <laughs> because she's so very like stiff on screen she but the is. problem with that is that she's not acting on him blue or green screen oh, she's like opposite her dad she's opposite of her dad i know i know i i felt so bad for her <laughs> yeah and then famke jansen which I, I don't we don't i don't think i said anything bad about famke jansen yeah. i want to like just quickly we I, we might have touched on this last time but it's this movie plays as a twist that Ella Blue Travolta's character <laughs> is the daughter of John Travolta. Right. Oh my god! Right. And I don't know how you can expect that to be a twist when it's his actual daughter. Right. I don't know. She's Tom Gansen's like, you're the father, and it's like, oh, no shit. <laughs> like, I mean, that's really giving her a chance to like not have to act. Yeah. But it was still so uncomfortable, even yeah. though it was her father. Like, I mean, I feel like maybe he's setting her up to, like, try to be a good actress because it's her father. <laughs> like, I don't know. Did you kill my husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with Farm K. Jensen, the actress? No. Who is that? So I think the last time we brought it up was uh, we mentioned it because Farm K. Jensen plays... A number of different roles, but she's also very well known as being Jean Grey from the old X-Men movies, the live action ones. Okay. And But here's the problem. It's like a lot of people wouldn't like know that or recognize it. I didn't certainly recognize it because, and I'm going to put this in like the nicest way possible because I don't like condone like talking bad about people's like plastic surgery and all that kind oh, wait, of stuff. Oh, is this the mom? <laughs> the mom was from Dip and Talk. Right. Yeah. So like that's, that's. Yes. And then. And then I know. Yeah, and she's yeah, so yeah, yeah. pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know her from Nip and Talk. I, I, yeah, I, I, I try to be as delicate as I can be on it because I think on the on the last time we covered the podcast, we, we tried to be delicate and then I don't know how delicate we actually were. But yeah. It's a little rough looking. It's a little yeah. rough looking. Um, yeah. Just the amount that's been done, which... But you know what I thought about, Jeff? It's like, when did the Wolverine come out? The James Mangold Wolverine? 2013. Okay, so that's... Five years before this movie yes. comes out. Okay. Because Famke Jensen like, still looks like Jean Grey from X-Men 3 in 2013. Yes. But then looks like this five years later. So something happened between yeah. those five years. She did that. I don't know why people do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, when it comes to like, you know, plastic surgeries, there's a wide variety. There's like subtle things right. that you can do um, to just like, you know, decrease whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. I, it's always confusing to me when it's like the really big cheeks. Like I don't know if it's a botched thing or I I don't know because like I don't know if that what we see like how Famke Jensen looks in this movie is something she had done 
or a reaction to something she had done. Mm. Because mm. my thought process is like, I think like for the most part, like plastic surgery, like I think for the most part, you're not walking out of the operating room being like, what the hell did you do to me? Like, right. you know, that you're paying a lot of money for that. Right. I'm guessing what happens is it's like oh, years over time, you get something done is when it starts to like degrade and stuff. But I think you're right. I think though, if you go and you stop after like, it, it becomes an addiction. Yeah. And that's when they start to kind of look so different yeah yeah putting it kindly because i know we're being we're being, <laughs> we're being pc yeah. about that <laughs> trying well, to be uh, nice trying yeah, to be just nice just trying to be nice but yeah. um i never want to like shame folks for you know yeah i know i get it completely it's their choice definitely yeah no i feel the same way but it it look could be it do be looking rough yes <laughs> it do be yeah. looking a bit rough uh well, like ella blue's uh a travolting uh travolta's acting in this movie mm. look can be rough yes well, <laughs> my guy he's he's a little rough in this one too what do you I think mean, of the hair oh no. <laughs> no no i did not like the hair the I lion's did. mane yeah yeah no, I did, did you know that was a choice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he meant for the hair to look like that and that was when, not an accident and then when he's in the the fight it's all like oh my god but at the end like when he's i think when he's not at the end but when he when ella comes to the to the hotel room and says like i knew you were my dad yeah it's like perfect it's yeah. all if, do you remember that at all kind of it's like yeah it, it's like the best it looks yeah. in this movie right and yeah yeah it was a deliberate choice to make it look like a lion's mane oh that was a deliberate choice it was a deliberate choice to make it look like that okay, which is, John. is why i like put it i think when we were doing the hair ranking and travolting i put it like near the bottom of the list because it's not an accident like no. they okay. wanted it to look like that and they thought they woke up every day walked in the hair trailer looked in the mirror when it was done I'm like perfect <laughs> like, really when you look right at it like it does have lion-esque properties to it oh my oh, god <laughs> like it's yeah. it, it does surround the head. <laughs> it yeah, it's does, a mane. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my man. goodness. Is there a scene he's not drinking bourbon? Uh yes, but I think he's smoking about 18 cigarettes <laughs> in those scenes. <laughs> okay. I was like I li- I actually was kind of looking up for that this watch through. I was like, wait, okay, he's drinking bourbon in this scene. Next scene. Okay, he's drinking bourbon again. <laughs> man should have like liver cirrhosis or something for the amount of bourbon he's drinking every day. I like, um, like, you know, you see a noir movie and you expect that it's part of the plot that, like, you know, he drinks and smokes and gambles a lot. Right. Yeah. I like that they start this movie off oh, yeah. by him saying That's it. funny. Right. I, 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 I thought the same thing, Jeff. That was funny. He's just like, yeah, I drink too much. <laughs> I'm like, smoke too much. Buddy, just gamble too much. <laughs> <laughs> I could have figured I, that out, but. You, it's like, oh, my God. He 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 drinks, he smokes, he gambles. What other great qualities are a part of this man? <laughs> well, it's the hair and he's a private detective. Did not see that one coming. You know, I've been watching a lot of the old James Bond movies recently. Um, and the thing I like about them is how many times Bond gets clowned on. As yeah. he just because oh. every scene he like comes in, he orders a martini. He's very dashing. Right. And then like some specter agent walks in mm-hmm. and is like Oh yes, and my name is a uh, Somerset, and like shake his hand. He's like, "Oh yeah, sounds good." And then, like, of course, they go into a room together. The guy hits Bond in the back of the head, and Bond goes unconscious and wakes up tied up. 
Um, and it's like, well, maybe if you were <laughs> drinking martinis the entire time and just believing guys when they come up to you. Do you think when there's like a new like agent coming into like, it's like MI6 is what he works for, yeah. right? You think when there's a new agent like pool coming into MI6 and they're reading like the man book and it's like no drinking on the job, especially not martinis, <laughs> like where did this rule come from? It's like, oh, this old agent we had, he, he was a menace. <laughs> he drinking martinis on the job all the time. Well, it's like when you watch the, the newer Bonds, like he's very hyper competent. Yeah. And like he doesn't really fall for tricks as much. And when he gets like taken down or subdued, it's usually like just he's just overpowered. Yeah. Um, but in like the old ones, the amount of times he just like buys some guy's story, walks into like death laser room and just escapes by accident. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of them. We just went to go see Mission Impossible. Oh, that was I really enjoyed that. I did, too. Yeah. I did too. I mean, it's kind of, I know it's not the same, but mm. it's like spies or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was. It's so much fun, and he's so committed in those movies. Yeah, yeah, it was. But TC. there was a little, there was a little humor in there. Yeah, yeah, I laughed a couple the, times. The um, uh, God, what? I just thought of a scene that I liked in that movie. <laughs> no, I forgot. It. Oh. Or it was a great joke when the bomb went off. That's Oppenheimer. That's Oppenheimer. Yeah. I'll make you laugh. So my, it's coming back to Jeff. When I went to go see Rocky in the mm-hmm. theaters, I went with my grandpa. My grandpa was like one of the people I went with. Yeah. It's falling off. Um, and he, like we always tease because in the show, he yelled, hit him, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that in Mission Impossible. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I like scream it out loud. Watch out. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. And Richie's like. Oh my God! Stop, like Grandpa Rizza. So yeah. I mean, I'm you know I probably am about my grandpa's age mm-hmm. when we went to see Rocky, and I was a little kid. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like my grandpa's screaming. You have to and continue like, that. Yeah. Do yeah. I try to fix your headphones? Want to help me a little bit? Uh, I'm just gonna tighten them up a little bit. Okay. Oh yeah, it's a little bit loose here. Thank you. It might be a little bit better. How's I that? think, are we just avoiding talking about the poison <laughs> rose? I, I think we are. <laughs> it's okay. We can keep avoiding it. <laughs> right? um, I'll do the Brendan corner real quick. I, oh, oh, that's a good question. Are we going to do like Brendan and Travolta corners? Are we, we going to sum up? covered the Travolta corner. Okay, so I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about Brendan. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> the, the thing about Brendan in this movie... The thing about Brendan. Um, the thing about Brendan is that he hasn't been in a movie in five years okay. when this comes out. Uh, he had he was in The Nut Job in 2014, which is an animated movie that he did the voice for like in 2013. Okay. Um, which, in which, which was a year he was in five movies. Um, yeah. It was like he, need, he had just gotten through a divorce settlement. Um, he was, you know, in therapy for sexual assault. He was in surgery for various back problems, um, and so he needed money, so he did a lot of movies in 2013, okay. and then he just doesn't work in movies again for five years. He mostly does, like, one episodes of TV shows, okay. which is, like, a week of work, probably. Yeah. And he does that, like, I want to say, like, seven times. Yeah, he does that, and then he does Texas Rising, which was, like, he was in every episode of that, I believe. He was in five episodes five of Texas episodes. Rising, which, actually, Texas Rising is only five episodes. Yeah. I'm not miniseries but he's working in like he's not really working um he's just kind of you know doing stuff to kind of stay afloat yeah 
And then oh god, now you guys are gonna make me feel sorry for him <laughs> because <laughs> I would say we we're gonna make you love this guy. <laughs> we don't have to feel sorry for him anymore because he did win an Oscar at the end of it. Yeah, great. Uh, so like we can like you know, but just in that period, now I'm feeling bad thinking what I'm thinking, like how bad it was. What were you thinking? I was just thinking it was embarrassingly terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> the first time we watched this movie. I kind of was more positive on his performance because at least he's doing something in this movie. Yeah, I remember. Like that. everyone else is just kind of walking into a scene and just saying lines. At least he's doing something. Watching it now, I'm like, oh no, he's just really bad in this movie. <laughs> he's just in a different category. I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, it does seem like he's a little bit more committed. Yeah, to it. Yeah, he's at least committed to this character. Right. I love this, Jeff, because you're, I, I, I put the stake in the ground that. Brendan was not good in this yeah. movie when we first recorded yeah. it. You're like, oh no, he's like doing something. It's yeah. good. And I'm like, he's just doing something? And now he's changing his <laughs> mind and I'm right. You are right. Kind of like Game of Thrones season eight. Anyway, yeah. well, so this. <laughs> yeah, you both are right. I mean, he, now, now I'm seeing a little bit Jeff's way. Like he, he was doing something. Yeah. And not that's what I thing. think almost made me cringe more yeah yeah because he was do, doing something and he seemed like one of the, like somebody that was actually kind of serious about yeah. the role and the role is just egregious the thing is like Ugh. nothing like it had to have been like his decision making <laughs> yeah. because nothing about that role in at least in the script like set needed him to be those things the, I, the like, thing i it, like is that there's no character in this movie who is defined who has like ticks or things it's all like he's the rich um town magnate he's a hardball detective she's right. a um femme fatale and it's just like cool and then it's like but him but him <laughs> he, he is a a mental doctor a um a flamboyant psych- a flamboyant Texan psychiatrist <laughs> who's also a meth dealer <laughs> who's also a meth dealer yes and so like I'm gonna do his voice <laughs> No, you're not. I'm going to do his okay, voice. Okay, I can't wait. Jeff. Um, just, I wanna, I because every wait. scene Brendan Fraser walks in the studio and I'm like, oh, look, it's Brendan. And he's like, hey, how you doing? My name is uh, my name is Thomas Mitchell. We're going to deal with the meth today. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I love short looking at Jeff. <laughs> We're going to get canceled. <laughs> but anyway, back to the context quarter. This is the first, like, real movie he's done okay. since like 2013 so which so it's been like uh, almost like it's been five years since the nut job and now the poison rose comes out yeah. and he has another movie come out the same year line of descent yes. uh, which we'll talk about next week yeah he basically uh, does like three um i'm just gonna call them paycheck movies when yeah. he's back in movies but with the exception of the secret of karma um he does kind of like is putting the work into this in line of descent. Yeah, right. For good or for bad. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that that would not Phone do that. It in, yeah. yeah. He just doesn't seem like that. He he won he like desperately really wants to like be back in movies. Yeah. And after, you know, he does these three kind of paycheck vehicles we'll talk about, he does come back with, you know, the run of No Sun and Move the Whale and Killers of the Flower New Moon. Last episode of the show is gonna be a Martin Scorsese movie. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, it's going to be great. Wait, what movie is it? Uh, Scorsese has a movie coming out this October called Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. About um, uh, the Osage uh, murders in like the 1920s oh, in really? Texas. Um, 
and Brendan Fraser is in it in a smaller role, but he is in it. So oh, it gets cool. to be our final episode. Oh, that's thankfully. awesome. Um, but you know, he does, he does reattain success and he wins an Oscar for it, which we talked about. That's yeah. kind of crazy guys that you guys picked him for this and then yeah. he won an Oscar. I kept saying, how is this happening? They, <laughs> you know, I knew when you guys picked him, I was like, eh. Yeah, Denver and then, would... oh, I mean, you guys changed his luck. <laughs> I mean, I, I really believe this. <laughs> it is. I mean, hey, next actor we cover. Yeah, we were. I mean, it didn't work out for Travolta. No, I mean, come Yet. on. <laughs> Yet. Right. Kathy, are you aware of what one of John Travolta's... Well, actually, I'll wait till we get to the, a character in this movie before I bring up what one of his movies coming up is. Um, when we start I going, think you'll be excited When for we it. start going through yeah. the plot, there's a specific actor in this movie who will lead me into this tangent. Okay. Um, but yeah, Brendan, you know, he's it's his first movie back. He seemingly is excited to do this. And he makes a choice. He does make choices. And he yeah. kind of comes out of this, thankfully, unscathed, because like no one sees this movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he doesn't... Except look, us. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> it's not like Darren Aronofsky <laughs> saw this and was like, all right, no more way over you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know who has no excuse for being in this movie? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I, I'm in this movie. My friend, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> it's a quote you always go to when doing, Free- when doing Morgan Freeman. It's always a, my friend, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> That's the only the one best. you do. You don't do any other Morgan Freeman quotes like, all the powers of God. <laughs> so, yeah, yesterday I read the... Um, because I've been reading um, Stephen King a lot. Interesting. And so I've, I'm trying to read all of his books. It's like slow going. There's so many of them. <laughs> it's like, I'll check back in when you're 60. I'm about 15 books in. Okay. No shit. Um, but I read his, uh, I read The Shawshank Redemption or mm. Rita Hayworth in The Shawshank Redemption. And it's funny because that character is very much established being Irish with red hair in the book. Um, which is why he's red. Are you about in... to regurgitate an IMDb trivia fact about this movie, Jeff? No, I'm talking, <laughs> but, and he's like Irish in the book. Yeah. Oh. And so when I was reading the book, they keep emphasizing that he's Irish. Yeah. But I can only read that book as Morgan Freeman. Right. Right. And so when it got to the part where he's like, my friend, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> Not the, my friend, Andy Dufresne. <laughs> you couldn't get it to that. <laughs> Just a really thick yeah. Irish accent, but I just wanted to quickly say because I had re- I read that book yesterday. Okay, um, so it just nice. it was fresh in my mind when I said my friend and du- and my friend, my friend How was the book? It was excellent. It was so good. It's only like a hun- It's a num- It's a novella. Yeah. So it's it's pretty short. It only took me like two and a half hours to read it. I should buy that for Richie. He loves. The, I mean, he loves a movie. He loves Stephen King. I don't know if he ever read that though. Yeah, it's um, I got it in the. It's a. You can get a bigger book called Different Seasons. Okay. Um, and it's four short stories by or novellas by Stephen King. Okay. Um, and one of them is uh, The Shawshank Redemption. One of them is The Green Mile. Oh. And I think one of them is... Let me think. Oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Green Mile is not in this one. Green Mile is a different book by him. Okay. But the... Okay. So the four things in it are Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which gets turned into the Shawshank Redemption, Apt Pupil, um, which gets turned into a movie with Ian McKellen called Apt Pupil, and then The Body, which gets turned into Stand By Me. Oh. Yeah. So there's it's actually a really good collection of um, novellas. That's interesting. I don't, like I said, I don't know exactly what he's read over all these mm-hmm. years, because 
but one is his favorite, and he always wants Mary Grace to read it, and I can't really remember what it is. I'm trying um, to think. It's yeah. not mm. the Cujo. No. Anyway, I mean. It'd be very interesting if it was Cujo. Really? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't Cujo. It's something that he really always wants her to read. I don't know if she has. Is it um, um, the Dead Zone? Maybe no. I can't remember. I'll have to ask him about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Morgan Freeman. Strange to be in this movie. Are but. they buddies, John Travolta and Morgan? Okay, who who wants to make this movie? Is it John Travolta? I believe. I mean, obviously, with his daughter in it. I mean, he's got some kind of pull in making this. Movie so, or is it his production? This movie's directed by George Gallo, um, who kind of starts off with a somewhat successful screenwriting career. Okay, he writes Midnight Run. Oh, um, and Wise Guys with Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo. Okay. He comes up with the pitch for Bad Boys, um, the Will Smith Martin Lawrence one, and then he starts trying to get into directing, and never does anything that. He, any of us would recognize. Okay. Um, in the, his recent run has basically been like, I'll say this very nicely, like old man, like movies about old men being like, ah, remember the old days? <laughs> <laughs> like he directed a movie called The Comeback Trail, um, which I'm going to show you the poster for, and you can draw infer your own <laughs> thoughts about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like old men trying to stay young, but let's see. All right, here we go. This is the poster for the comeback trail. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my boy. god! Oh no! Who? No! 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 One word. That... Yeah! <laughs> it's Wait, all it. Who is that in the middle? De Niro. No, De Niro. <laughs> it's De Niro, Tommy Lee Jones, and Morgan Freeman. Oh no! Don't call it a comeback. Dot dot dot. Okay, call it a comeback. Is the tagline. What? I mean, those are good actors. Yeah, and for some, I mean, I don't know if because Morgan Freeman winds up in a lot of movies like this yeah. around this time. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just like they get to that age and it's just like, all right, I just kind of want to you know build a nest egg for my kids. True. Like, right. th there's the Bruce Willis situation where like he you know got a life threatening illness that he knew was gonna mean that he couldn't act in like three years right so he did i think 20 movies in a year i didn't know that just so that he like builds up so much money so that he could just disperse it to his family and then retire oh yeah um see now that's sad it is sad yeah but morgan freeman like he's mostly just it's this i mean here's his run poison rose angels fall on the comeback trail coming to america vanquish <laughs> hitman's wife's bodyguard paradise highway the minute you wake up dead the ritual killer, a good person. Like, see, I I don't want to know that about him. I mm. just, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, but sorry, <laughs> like, no, that's okay. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I consider him a pretty good actor. Mm -hmm. And he still puts in good work. Like, he's not he, Morgan Freeman phoning it in, is still better than most actors. Like, really pushing oh, the bounds I for think, sure. Yeah, I think you actually said this in the first time we covered it. Was like like Ella Blue Travolta is like trying and yeah. just not. Whereas, like, you could tell, like, Morgan Freeman is just kind of, like, giving you, like, a standard Morgan Freeman performance, yeah. but it's still, like, kind of good. Yeah, like, when's he back? Right. Well, he's right. the best one in the... Right. Yeah. He's the only one that's, like, okay. Like I'm a, not cringing watching him. Yeah. It, you know. But, like, a dumb line, like, I never lose, Carson. Right. But, like, he can say it like it's actually, like, <laughs> I believe him. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I feel the same way about mm. it. 
Yeah, he just like brings a natural gravitas to everything that he does. Right. Uh, which I wish I could say about Brendan in this movie. <laughs> I wish I could say about John Travolta in yeah. this movie. Yeah. How do we feel? How did you feel about John in this movie? <laughs> making the your the, eyes the just cringy like the cringy emoji like <laughs> um how did i feel i felt sorry for him <laughs> i'm trying to get used to him doing this though he's just like he's just cheesy now the I mean, mean mugging yeah so um i don't know i mean it looks like he's having some kind of fun he's bringing his daughter along um we're gonna make a movie <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell that to Ella Blue in her <laughs> when did, Wait, did, when did they make this movie? What year was it? Um, came out in 2019. They probably filmed it in 2018. And when, when did the when did Kelly die, pass away? 2020. So a year after this. Yeah. I just can't. I just feel so bad for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I watched um a movie yesterday called For Love of the Game. Yeah. Um, and I, Kelly. I, I'd never seen it before, yeah. and Kelly Preston's in it, and she's lovely in that movie. She it's is. Just, yeah. That's what Kevin Costner, yes. right? Yeah. That's it. I like that movie. It's I mean, a, it's it's sweet. I mean, it's it's a good movie to watch when you're just don't have anything else to do. It's a movie where I was like, oh, this is like this is okay. And then the last forty minutes are the most like emotionally charged baseball game of my entire life, and I was like weeping by the end of it. Isn't she watching it in the bar? Yeah, she's watching yeah. in the bar. It's like Kevin Costner is trying to decide if he's going to retire or keep playing baseball. Right. The team's getting sold. He's on the verge of uh, pitching a perfect game for the first time in his career, which might also be at the end of his career. And there's like so much tension and emotion. With each each time the inning ends, it goes to a flashback of a time in his life. It's directed by Sam Raimi. Wow. Um, it's very weird. Um. And then the end, he like pitches the perfect game. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> John C. Riley runs down the field and picks yeah. him up. Everyone's crying. I'm crying. I'm even, crying. Even the Yankee fans in the stadium are like, I gotta give it to him. I gotta give it to him. <laughs> what was the name of the movie? Um, for love of the game. For love of the game. Let yeah. me check it out. Hmm. It, it's yeah. like Ultimate Dad movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know me, Jeff? Yeah, I know. I know you. <laughs> so that means you would like it? I probably would, you would like, probably it. like it. You would probably like it. Yeah, I think you would then. I'm an earnest, like, family, fathers and sons type film lover. Oh, then you would like it. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those movies where you watch the whole thing and you're like, yeah, this is all right. And then you, like, the for like 20 minutes, you're like, this is the best movie ever. And then it ends and you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've watched it and I haven't watched the whole thing over again, but mm. if it's on, I will watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the, um, I mean, any like baseball movie with Kevin Costner, you just oh, like, yeah. so just put it on. He's just yeah. good. Yeah. 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 He really do is. Uh, do we want to dive into the plot of this? It's been 30 minutes. We've been doing a great job not yeah. talking about this movie. Well, I really want to get to at least one or two th- things in the plot. Okay. All right. Um, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, we now direct you to the link at the bottom of the description. Go listen to our first episode. Of <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Kathy, do you want anything to plug? <laughs> what if we did just splice in the entire previous episode at this point and then come back to it at oh, the if end? you don't think I'm going to bring back some clips. <laughs> uh, we oh, have God. to talk about John Travolta's accent, though. Yes. I texted Jeff yesterday. So we're watching. He's very, what you guys were doing in the beginning, you know, whisper, P.I., and then all of a sudden, he turns into Bud Ewing. Or what, what is it? <laughs> no, what did it? What, um, uh, you, uh, oh, wait, hold I on. I got the name. I got the name. Um, Buford, Buford Ewing, Ewing Davis. Davis. He turns in, I'm watching my husband, and I go, oh my gosh, it's Bud. 
It is Bud from Urban Cowboy. <laughs> oh, Back yeah. Back to business. He just totally turned that <laughs> that accent on. Yeah. He did. Oh, all right, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to figure out this business about a poison rose. <laughs> well, well, you're the sheriff, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, slowly gets his Texas accent back. I mean, is it from the beginning? Daddy loves you. <laughs> he has it a little bit at the beginning, but the more he's... It's like the one choice he makes in this movie. The more he's in Texas. The more Texan his accent becomes. The more Texas he becomes. <laughs> Dunkin' his donut and the coffee is Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, oh my gosh. I'm going to show you how they eat donuts in LA because they don't. <laughs> what? what? Did we just steal Jeff's joke? Like, no, you did not steal my joke. Does anything, uh, do donuts have anything to do with your joke? Nothing to do with my joke. Okay, good. Yeah, the difference is my jokes are funny. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, fired. you know what? Nothing against Jeff, but I do. Now, I don't think you're corny, Jeff, but I this is about to I, be brutal. I love a corny joke. I always laugh at a corny joke. So, you know, me and Jeff, I thought Jeff was funny from the first moment I seen him. I think you were dressed up as Batman. I was. That's and true. I'm like, this guy's great. I mean, this is the corniest thing I ever seen. Yeah. But that's that's my that's my thing. So I'm very corny. I don't want to say you're corny, but in a in a no, funny way. In a fun way. Corny in a funny way. In a funny way. Yes. So Yeah, I got I got a joke coming up for you. <laughs> you keep building it up. It's like a yeah. corny dad. Yeah. Like, I know. Now I'm really getting nervous. Oh, these folks aren't going to know what's going to hit them. Yeah. Okay. Get I'm on. so ready to not react to this yeah. joke. So right away, we're introduced. He's, you know, a private detective who drinks too much, drinks too much and gambles too much. He's in deep with the sharks. <laughs> He's in, uh, uh, maybe he has a cat named Raymond. Was a drinker. Oh, yeah. He has a cat. That's um, right. He's like, hold this cat. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly all these mobsters show up yes. at his apartment. And they chase him. And they chase him. And he runs into one of them who's named a big guy named Nick the Giant Bodyguard. <laughs> this is how he's credited. <laughs> um, What's his real name? The actor playing him is Nick yep, Vallelonga. I knew it. I knew his first name was going to be like the same thing. And his name is Nick Vallelonga. He is well known for winning the Academy Award for writing... Green Book no. in 2018. Shit. What? Um, his dad is Tony Lip um, from The Sopranos and many other things. Also the character in Green Book. Tony Lip in The Green and uh, Sopranos. Um, he's this guy. He's in He's in The Godfather and Goodfellas as well, but in smaller oh, roles. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so the the Tony we I think I did the same thing on the last time we talked about this movie. I think so. But Nick Vallelonga is the screenwriter of Green Book, um, and he's also just like he plays heavies in a lot of mob movies. His dad Tony Lip um, was in The Sopranos, was in Goodfellas, was in The Godfather. Before that, he was a driver in the South, and so Green Book is a movie where Viggo Mortensen is playing Tony Lip, okay. the actor. Okay, I do know what you're talking about because you're saying Green Book. I'm still thinking Green Mile, but okay, I know. It's kind of this weird, like, circular thing. Yes. Um, in theory, they should make a sequel to Green Book about Viggo Mortensen growing up and working on The Sopranos. And then oh, yeah. getting old and his son making Green Book about him. And it's like movie within a movie. 
<laughs> just keep keep the cycle going. And then you have Vigo Mortensen like coaching another actor who's playing yeah. himself, and you'd be like, no, 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 it's it's Gabagool. <laughs> Every scene in Green Book is like he's in like a he orders like a meatball sub. So and I, then the, que- the question, Jeff, yeah. sorry to cut you off. So Vigo Mortensen's the one who plays Tony Lip. Who's the actor that plays Vigo Mortensen playing Tony Lip? Well, that's what we got to figure out, right? Um. But like every scene in Green Book is like he walks into some like deep south um like store or restaurant or whatever and he orders a meatball sub <laughs> and then Mahershala Lee walks in and the guy's like we don't serve your kind here and Vigo's like what's the big deal huh? <laughs> like what's this about in the south why the south still racist we don't gotta worry about this huh I'm and just then, from Brooklyn you know <laughs> <laughs> you know he's from the Bronx it's the so Bronx yeah yes it's the Bronx it's every scene in that movie it's you know in the Bronx we don't care what you look like all right. So um, wait, let me let me go back to this. This is the guy that wrote Green Book. Yes, he won an Oscar, and then he's in this the next. And year. now he's he's the the body guy. This he's is Nick, the giant bodyguard. Yes, wow, fall from grace right there. <laughs> but he's who I want to talk about, Kathy, about what John Travolta's next movie is. Okay, so he's been like he you know wrote Green Book and he won an Oscar. Everyone's like, what's he gonna what's he gonna do next? Is he gonna write like more mob movies or something? And he's like, no, I'm working on something really special. Um, then no one hears about it for several years. Something that's all right. My next movie is called That's Amore. And we're like, all right, what's what's this about? D. Martin. It is. An, it is the title, but not the story. Okay. Um, and then several months ago, the cast for this movie gets announced. Okay. It is a Little Italy, New Jersey romance starring John Travolta and Katherine Heigl, also starring Christopher Walken. Bringing it back to Grace. Mm-hmm. And I think this might be the best movie ever made if it comes out. <laughs> I'm going to keep that soundbite of you saying that's a more it could be the best movie ever made. <laughs> so when it does come out and it's not the best movie ever made. It's Nick, Nick Veneer is a modern day Marty. He's never been married and his best dating years are well behind him. He's never heard the words I love you and figures he never will. <laughs> Patty Amore. Her last name is Amore. Has her share of problems as well. Shy and introverted, she's filled with various tics and nervous habits. A seeker from her past, combined with her overprotective father, have caused her to withdraw from the dating game. When Nick and Patty meet, literally bumping into each other, they share an immediate connection. When these two emotionally damaged people attempt to date one another, their families get involved, and the results are hilarious. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm re- really worried. <laughs> Wait, Catherine Heigl, who was the other one you said? Uh, Christopher Walken. And Travolta. Okay. <laughs> Travolta's playing the male love interest. Catherine Heigl's the, the female love interest. What if it was Christopher Walken was the male love interest? <laughs> well, I'm betting Christopher Walken's playing her dad, her overprotective right. father. But what if it was Christopher Walken? <laughs> what if it was? I mean... <laughs> That's... Amore! Amore! <laughs> oh, man. What's I'm her name sure. in the movie? Uh, Patty Amore. Pat- <laughs> Patty... <laughs> Don't you know, baby? Patty, don't you know? You're gonna have to get married. Oh, you guys are Your good. daddy wants grandbabies. <laughs> I don't know about her as Patty Amore, though. I mean, it's a little, she's a little white for it's that, a isn't little she? Strange. It's a little strange. She's like not Italian looking at all. Yeah, no. I, Heigl is decidedly not an Italian last name. <laughs> no. I mean, what uh, is it like German? Um, Heigl last name origin. What about a little Marissa Tomei in this movie? Mm. No, I mean, she would be great. She yeah. would be really good in yeah. this. 
And she's a little more of Travolta's age than Catherine Heigl. Right, right. Um, but basically, you know, we've been covering... Every time a new Travolta movie comes out, we go back and cover it. Okay. And Stuart's like, what is the point of this? I'm like, firstly, we have to cover the entire filmography. Secondly, <laughs> I really want to talk about That's Amore. <laughs> so we have to keep doing this see, at minimum until That's Amore comes Kathy, out. Kathy, here's my problem, though. Okay. When we're like five actors deep in this podcast... And each of these five actors keeps coming out with a movie per year. That means we have to interrupt our podcast like up to like five times, maybe five even times more. a year. If they do one we do movie, fifty-five episodes. If they a do year. one movie, <laughs> if they do two each, that's ten. I only have so much time. <laughs> you can only talk about John Travolta so life, much, right? In the words of Cole Bradley, life is too short. <laughs> life is too short. Cole Bradley. Okay. Who's Blast coming back to past. Chicago. He is. He's moving back to Chicago in two weeks. Let's, um, yeah. I mean, when this episode's coming out, he has already been here, and he's probably listening to this like, Jeff, why'd you just expose that I'm moving And to his Chicago? address is 9371... Uh, East Western Avenue. Mm. And isn't Richie B the first Cole Bradley buddy? Yes, what? he was the original Cole Bradley friend. Yes, he was. Um, and then Cole, you know, found his way into all of our hearts That's... and into our ears. Yeah, I seen a cute picture of Mary Grace and him at your wedding. Yeah, they had a really good time together. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, uh, Nick Valonga, that's where we were. <laughs> it's like, where were we we were about? five minutes into the movie. Yeah. We're 40 minutes into this podcast. So Travolta decides he has to get out of Dodge. Um, he goes to his coincides office. Coincides with him yeah. running into this woman. <laughs> I don't know named, why I did the Spider-Man named 3 Violet. Thing. Her name is Violet Gregory. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> you have the iPad. Oh, no. He, her scenes were done. Um, I can't find what the actress playing this character's name is. Um, but it's like this. But it doesn't matter because she's only in this part of the movie. Yeah. She <laughs> hires Travolta to go to the town of Galveston to find, like, investigate the disappearance of her aunt. Of her aunt. Who's in a nursing home. Barbara Poole. Or not a nursing home, in a psychiatric facility. Yes. See, I have no recollection. This is, I, I started it yeah. Thursday night. That I have no recollection of that. I fell asleep and I I lost that whole section. The first time I know. we covered this movie, I do not remember why he had to go to Galveston in the first place. Okay, it's because I this, feel better. This woman comes in and is like, "Help me find my aunt." And you're like, "Okay, she'll be a character." And then this this Opens person never Name your price. reappears. No, he tries yeah. to call her and it's like the number is disconnected. That's all. That's all we get. I believe at the I think the inference at the end is that Famke Janssen orchestrated. Yeah, oh, hiring her to yeah. come to the town. There was something with that, but I don't. I, that was hard to understand. The thing is, the movie wraps up so quick at the end that you just—it's just like, yeah, I hired her, and you're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, don't we want to don't wanna talk about this? Yeah, <laughs> I was um, kind of happy about that. I was like, okay, good, let's wrap <laughs> let's this baby this up over. so yeah. I could, so right. I can finish. Right. He go. He goes back to Galveston, and it's like Texas, the land of my. Spoils. I don't know. <laughs> listing the things that Texas is known for: twenty-seven ounce steaks, beautiful women, and the. I like the way he says this. And the holiest of holies, bull riding. <laughs> because he's going to Texas to be a bull rider. Yeah. What if he had gone back to Texas and this is a stealth sequel to Urban Cowboy, and suddenly, um, God, what's her name? Um, Sissy. No, the um. She was in Terms of Endearment and Urban Cowboy. Yeah. 
what her real name you're saying. Oh. I'm saying Sissy. Sissy, yes. Yeah. Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Like, what if she like wow. bumps into him and Galveston's like, <laughs> you. He's like, you. Remember when they're all talking about, you used to be a great football quarterback. What if instead of that, they're like, you used to be the best bull rider <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> I remember when your Uncle Bob. <laughs> we, we, have, don't, we can't. We can't. We can't do that. We though. haven't talked about Uncle Bob. We can't. It's we can't. Been there is no time to talk about Uncle Bob. Years, forty ca- years why, too soon. Wait, why are we Uncle what, Bob and Urban Cowboy? Right, explodes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. If you think I'm joking? I'm not. He explodes in Urban Cowboy. Ask it's, me how he explodes. How? By a bolt of lightning. <laughs> I just when we covered Urban Cowboy, I was really like caught off guard by how Uncle Bob's like on top of a power facility <laughs> and he's just like yeah boy and then like a lightning bolt just hits him a massive explosion occurs and Uncle Bob's dead and I'm like what <laughs> whoa comes out of nowhere this is like a very charming um you know romantic drama about Travolta and bull riding and Deborah Winger and then suddenly right. Uncle Bob is killed in a massive explosion and it's the motivation he needs yeah to so- get back on the bull right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, right. He gives him the belt. Yeah. Yeah. But the joke you said, Jeff, I remember it's like, it's like he gives him like, what was it? Like a belt buckle or something. And he's like, this was Uncle Bob's. He would have wanted you to have this. He exploded for you to have this. I think it was some, that was like a joke you said. I just, I like, they always have to have like, you know, the mentor who dies in those type of movies. I understand that. It's just like <laughs> so disrespectful. It was just like really funny. Like normally it's like they have a stroke or they have a heart attack or like some accident occurs. It's just crazy that in that movie it's like act of God <laughs> destroys a power facility and Uncle Bob happens to be in it. And if you think we had a great time talking about that episode, you should watch all the episodes after that and count the amount of times we mentioned Uncle Bob. Bob. <laughs> he stuck with us. Remember Life on the Line? I remember Life on the Line. The, the movie spirit. where Travolta... Um, Uncle Bob's himself. Yeah, I don't. I don't know this one. It's this 2015 movie called Life on the Line. Okay. The end of the movie is. Have tra- you seen Ladder 49? Yes. So think of that movie, except instead of like a patriotic memorabilia movie about firefighters, right. a patriotic memorabilia movie about electrical line workers. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> and right. Like, yeah. And so the end of the movie, there's like a big storm coming through, um, wherever the hell their thing is. And Travolta is faced with the craziest set of circumstances (laughs) in which he is at a power facility trying to fix, like, turn power back on during the storm with his partner. While at the same time, his His daughter, daughter, who's pregnant, who is pregnant, was just shot. Just shot. By a jealous neighbor. um, neighbor Oh, wow. Who thinks that she's having an affair with their something. There's a PTSD veteran. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a PTSD rattled veteran who the storm kind of reactivates his PTSD, who goes next door and accidentally shoots her, his pregnant, Travolta's pregnant daughter, okay. who's rushed to the hospital, but the, but the power, power goes, goes out, out in the hospital. And oh the backup generators go off and they have to do surgery, but they don't have any lights. And so then while he's at the power facility, John Travolta's buddy, he gets a call and he's like, hello. And it's like. It's Bailey. She's been shot. 
there's no power in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? What is going on? He's like really stressed in this moment. <laughs> it's like, you got to direct the power or else she's going to die. <laughs> so he hangs up. And then he gets to like the top of this power converter thing. There's like these turntile switches that he has to turn to redirect the power, but one of them's stuck. And and it's like this little like switch thing that he has to like do it with like a. Yeah, so, he has a wrench and it's not turning. And it's not turning. And he knows that like if he hits it, it's gonna like electrocute him. But it's like oh. hot with electricity oh. surging through it. So what he does is he looks down at his comrade, be like, "Tell Bailey I love her," <laughs> and then he looks up to the sky. Uncle Bob from Urban Cowboy. No. <laughs> it's in the cloud. <laughs> in the shape of a cloud, comes in and says, "Remember who you are." And then he looks up, tears coming down his eyes, jumps up, pushes his body on the switch. Shocking him and exploding him in the oh, same no. moment, no. but redirects the power to the hospital, and it cuts to her in the operating table. She's like, <gasps> coming back to life. I want to watch this movie now. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so entertaining. It's, it's so bad, but it's so entertaining. I got so excited during that finale because I thought because like the way right before he dies, he shut he holds the, the wrench up in the air, yeah, and then brings it down like this, and there's a lightning crackle behind him. And I thought what was about to happen is lightning was going to strike the wrench, electrify it, and then he was going to hit the thing. And so he would live? Uh, no, but just like it would be cool. <laughs> oh, because okay. he could, like, <laughs> like a Thor Like moment. I thought he was about okay. to like Thor, like summon lightning okay. into his hammer and hit the thing. But okay. that doesn't happen. And instead he just explodes and like flip flops off the roof. I'm thinking Armageddon. Is that? No. What's <laughs> that movie? It's the Armageddon ending. It is it kind is. of the Armageddon ending. Yeah. yeah. Which is like the great. I love that ending. You know, it's so it's so stupid. So good. Doesn't he say it's hell? What's her name in that movie? Uh, um, so many questions. Precious few answers. So yeah. Um, tell Grace. Yeah, Grace. Yeah, tell Grace, I love her. Yeah. It's just the way yeah. Travolta says it with his thick Texas. Because oh, that movie sure. also ha- takes place in Texas. Really? Yep. And he's he's like, tell Bailey I love her. Oh, I got to watch this. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I highly recommend it. It's where, and it's also, um, when we ended the hair ranking in Travolta, there's a flashback scene where it shows what he was, before he was an electrical line worker, he was a biker. Okay. And he looks like a biker. Really? Beard? <laughs> no. Down to here. Oh, gosh. Hair? <laughs> Down to here. I gotta watch this. And he's got a bandana, sunglasses, the leather jacket <laughs> with the cigarette stains and all that. Like, uh, number one hair ranking. I ranked it number one. How can you not? He seems like an, a guy that really. Well, I think I, I've heard him talk about this too. That like he really the costumes everything is so part it's of so his so big to him right it's so big to his yeah. his performances. Um, in this he looks like a sad lion. Um, <laughs> um, he goes so he goes to Galveston, um, to just speed run this movie. Um, <laughs> the first place he goes is the psychiatric institution where he tries to meet Barbara. Um, he's kind of given the runaround, and that's where he's introduced to Brendan Fraser. As Dr. Miles Mitchell. Miles Mitchell. I'm sorry. She's in group therapy right now. <laughs> I have to wait a couple I'll hours. I can't help you. 
<laughs> but <laughs> like, if you like, you can. I'll you just can wait. <laughs> stick around. Stick around and wait for me. Um, and so he does. I'd love to talk to you later. Well, th- <laughs> sorry to let you know, she's not available. She's not available the rest of the day. <laughs> it's like Brendan, what are you doing? Buddy? You do that really well, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Almost too well. How about him combing his hair? Yes, and he, Brendan, like he kind of is like he's very thinning hair in this. Yeah. But doesn't he uh, like swoop it over? And yeah, he does the comb over. Yeah, he does something his, bizarre. His character intro is like interesting. It's when he opens his mouth and you're like, oh. Yeah. Right. And so Travolta breaks into his office. Yeah. Um, to try and like determine what he can find. And he opens like the patient files and gets a bunch of incriminating pictures. Um, they're taking bets on the other football play- team. Yeah, they're, they're taking bets against the hometown team. Yeah. Um, and there's all these patient files of people who died a long time ago. Yeah. He could have figured out the ending of this movie right then. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had all the answers. He, he was had, a good PI. He, he had all the answers right then. The thing then. is, at the end of the movie, we see that the meth lab operation is literally in like the greenhouse. Yeah. That has just right. a door to the outside. Yeah. Had he have just gone down the stairs, he could have found the intake. He could have figured this all out immediately. Yeah. And instead, he's in this like cockamamie scheme. <laughs> like. Where he involves all these other people. Yeah. So many dead people die. So then he goes to this uh, not a casino. Well, no, 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 no. So he's in the office, <laughs> and Brendan comes in, and so he has to escape, and so he clambers out the window, and he finds himself on the roof. Mm. Um, he has no way to escape, um, except for at the, like, there's a tree at the end. And so he just, like, Decides he's gonna run and jump and grab onto the tree yes. and like kind of like a superhero ride it down, and he jumps and he grabs it and the branch falls off and he hits the ground, and ladies and gentlemen, I just have to say, um, John Trevolta. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that was it. I wrote that down in my notes. John Trevolta. Oh God. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I really am laughing because <laughs> he kept looking at me like here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, great joke, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> that was such a good joke. We just good build up to it. I thought. laughing internally. John Trevolta. I laugh for both of us. Get it? Because his name is John Trevolta, and he jumps on a tree. Oh, oh, John Trevolta. Wait, so it's it's because he jumps on the tree. You yeah. replace the truss, so it's tree. <laughs> Got Volta. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I you can almost say he's like vaulting over. Something. Yeah, he vaults onto the he tree. He vaults onto the tree. He tree vaults. Tree Round vaults. of applause for me. John Tree Volta. Yeah. Then he nearly die voltas. Yeah. Um, but, but thankfully, the awaited, paranoid schizophrenic helps But then he him wake up, up right. voltas. Yeah. <laughs> no, these aren't working. What if I just keep, funny. What if I, what if I just keep doing this? What if I just, this is the rest of the bit, the whole I, podcast. That would be Thank good. you for listening, Volta, to this podcast, Volta. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we we covered the plot in the last episode, so I, now that I've gotten to my joke, yeah, do we want to just kind of like, was what you were waiting thanks on. Thanks for listening. Yeah. No, not not that we could just wrap it up, but like we don't. That's I don't think kind we, of what you were saying. I don't think we have to do beat by beat anymore. I decided to do beat by beat so I could get to him jumping under the to tree. do the tree vault yeah. joke. Well, let's let's let's. What else can we? Well, he talks to Margaret Freeman. Yeah, and he meets Robert Patrick, who's the sheriff. Yeah. And uh, and Slide, played by Peter Stormare, who's a yeah. former hillbill or hippie. Yeah, and um, then because I know when I see you know um, Dutch actor 
Peter Stormare. Yeah. Or is it Swedish? I think it's Swedish. <laughs> um, the first thing I think is Texan hillbilly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the hitmen come after him again, but he kills them this time. Yes, a bunch of hitmen. Well, first, the mob boss, who he owes money to from yeah. L.A., comes. Yeah. Never see him ever again. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't like do anything. He's just like, tell me where you, you brought my wife to. He's like, no. And he's like, all right, that's fair. And then he leaves. Right. It's really weird. Like, yeah. you would expect him to, like, torture him or, like, question him more. But he's like, all right, I guess you're not going to tell me he walks away. And they no. send hitmen after him. Not necessary. It. Yeah, from L.A. And the hitmen fail to kill him. He kills them. He kills them. And then we never hear about L.A. again. No. Because nope. this is his home. Yeah. I, right. I'm, I'm skipping over it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, Much yeah. like Jake Sully, he finds out that home is where he's always been. Um Home is Galveston, Texas. Yeah. Galveston, Texas. Uh, um, he talks to Famke Jensen, Ella, Blue Travolta. Yeah, discovers that she's his daughter. Yeah. And that... Oh, my God. She's the number oh, one f- suspect for killing her husband. Happy. dies in a... Happy. That who, was kind of weird, isn't who it? dies in a football game. Right. But he was poisoned. Yeah. Oh. We'll fight, figure out what he got poisoned by later, but they all yeah. think it's uh, Brandon Fraser, who's the doctor of the meth lab. Yeah. Right. So he goes back to the meth lab, digs a hole... Finds a body, Fraser pulls out, and he's wearing eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding a gun very like, flamboyantly. It's like, <sighs> and he has uh, Mr. Carson. Wait, this is this is this is his vibe. You know the audience can't see you, right? <laughs> Jeff is getting out a, off a hat, like a little top. So, as you can see, I'm wearing the hat like this. This is how I would wear a hat. I, I could see it. The this audience can't see it. This is how Brendan's wearing the hat. <laughs> He put he tilted the hat on sideways. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Yeah, the hat is tilted on sideways. <laughs> Mr. Carson, I'm gonna have to shoot you now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to shoot you now. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, that would be a bad thing." Ah! Yeah. <laughs> he attacks him. <laughs> Somehow doesn't die, and yeah. then the other right. drug dealers come after him. The there's a, a massive, massive ex- <laughs> a massive explosion. Yeah, he blows up the meth <laughs> he lab. Blows up the meth lab. Robert Patrick shows up at the end of this. Oh, and uh, they kill the patients. Kill Fraser. Yeah. So he gets Fraser, and Fraser's like, oh, "I'll confess." And then we'll, the paranoid schizophrenic shoots him in the back with a shotgun. And they all start. They're like, "Yeah, yay, Woo! right!" And then the yeah. the psychiatric hospital explodes. Robert Patrick shows up. It's like, "Well, this was a mess. Yes, it was." And then he leaves. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Let's dribble to go. Let's dribble to go." <laughs> Because Rolls like, you might get reelected next year for figuring all this out. He's like, I bet I would. <laughs> we call it that. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> he goes back to Femke Ensinella. Or no, he goes back to Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's like, yep, she sold me the oil wells that her husband gave to her after he died. So now I have the oil wells. It'll never be enough. I never lose, Carson. I can't quite figure out the scheme in this movie. Okay. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. So, uh, Morgan Freeman is like the like the kingpin yes. of Galveston, Texas. Right. He owns a, he has like a drug operations, he's got like casinos, hotels, he yeah. runs at pretty much everything. But meanwhile on the side, Dr. Miles Mitchell, but Brendan Fraser, uh, links up with a couple other guys in the town to start making meth. Okay. They start dealing this meth. And while that's happening on the side, the football player Happy is uh helping Brennan uh, Fraser out by uh, rigging the games so he wins their bets. And so, but what's also happening is Happy is married to Famke Jensen's daughter, 
uh, Becky, played by Ella Blue Travolta, and he's abusive and he hits her and all right. that stuff. So, but also the other part of Fred and Fraser's scheme is that he it's it's an old like nursing home psychiatric hospital that takes in a bunch of uh, rich people's older family members who they don't keep in touch with. So when they die, they keep billing the family members. Right. So th- he's doing that. Brendan Fraser is doing three things. He's cooking and selling meth. He's billing dead patients' families, and he's rigging football games. Wow. Yes. Whereas Morgan Freeman just owns all the shit. It's pretty much yeah. it. While Fanky yeah. Jansen, whose husband died, owned a bunch of oil wells. Okay. So we got these three things. Yes. Well, six things. There's a lot. There's yeah, a lot. There's of, a lot. A lot of things. So where this all connects is Barbara Van Poole, who is a patient at Brendan Fraser's thing, has a relative who was hired by Fanky Jansen to hire uh, John Travolta, Carson Phillips, to come investigate the missing person, which would put him there at Galveston, Texas, when Famke Jensen would plan to poison the husband, her son-in-law, who's beating and abusing her daughter. daughter right. So when she dies, she has a way of being like, oh, Carson, you just happen to be in town. What if I hired you to protect my daughter? Wink, right. wink, wink. Because there, she's going to be the prime suspect. Right. So then he finds out all the schemes of Brendan Fraser that he's billing dead patients, cooking a meth lab and rigging football things, anything, all those things combined. He must have poisoned the football player to ensure that he would win the bet. Right. And they think they're going to get a confession, but then Brendan, Brendan Fraser gets shot and killed. Goes back to um, uh, Morgan Freeman, who owns Robert Patrick, the sheriff, who is pressuring the sheriff to pressure Frank K. Jensen about pressuring the daughter because if they pressure the daughter and almost arrest her, they can negotiate from Kenyanson to sell the oil wells to Morgan Freeman. So which they do that, but then Fraser is able to talk Morgan Freeman out of uh, putting pressure on the daughter. And then he goes back, lives with them as a family, finds out from Kenyanson has cancer, poisoned the football player with cancer because she just really didn't like her son-in-law because he was beating, he was beating the, 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 her daughter. Right. And the movie ends. <laughs> wow. And... Good night. I like that Travolta finds out that Pumpkin Anson orchestrated all this, and then it's still like, ah, I'm gonna still marry you, because that literally is yeah. how it ends. Yeah, it's like, well, she'll do anything to protect her daughter. Yeah. That's how they they're Mama, saying it, right? Did you kill my husband? <laughs> so this was you uh, explaining all that. Right now. <laughs> it's the Pepe Silvia image. But there, I literally counted. There are six schemes going on right. in this town. He gets hired to solve one of them, and then gets dragged into solving the rest. Yeah, he kind of accidentally blows everything out of the water um, and helps Morgan Freeman become a Monopoly kingpin. Now, this movie is so kind of simple and, like, simple and, like, my 56-year-old brain will like kind of loses track when it gets too complicated. Yeah. I start looking at my iPad and just, you know, but like I was f- mostly following this just because it was how do I I don't want to say simple because that's but the way they did it was almost so stupid. Yes. <laughs> that I it wasn't conf- it was mm-hmm. confusing but like not confusing. I yeah. know well, cuz none so of it really relates to the other. Yeah. Right. It's the really confusing right. part about it is like the meth lab does not relate to him billing dead patients, which does also not relate to him rigging football games. Yes. None of that relates yeah. to the fact that Morgan Freeman wants the oil wells, so he puts pressure on Frank Jensen, who happens to have her son-in-law had just recently killed, who knows that the daughter's going to be the prime suspect because he cheated on her and abused her. Like, none of it relates. None of it connects. Yeah. It's all six separate different things. I like when you watch 
um, like a noir or a detective movie, and you finally piece it all together in your head. And yeah. it feels really good when it all connects. Right. Yeah, that's true. When you watch this one and it finally connects, you're like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> what is right. this? Yeah, none of it really connects no. at the end of it. And they just no. the movie ends. They're like, okay, right. we're done. <laughs> right. And I was like I said, I was like, okay, good. <laughs> so, wait, we... So I'm the like movie made two hundred million dollars, um, and no, it did not. Oh, look at me! I was like, <laughs> I gave you one of the like, oh, really? So the what like, did it make? Uh, probably like no money. How much was it even made for? Why is he still doing these? <laughs> like, Jeff, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kathy asks myself that question every single day. This movie um, is released. It's never released in the U.S. in theaters. It's only released direct to video uh, streaming. It is released in Russia <laughs> in theaters. Really? As well as the United Arab Emirates, Portugal, and Lithuania. Oh, wow. Um, it overall makes $323,000 at the <gasps> box office in no. those countries. Oh. Um, but I presume, you know, because it doesn't release in the US or China, which are the bigger um, venues, that probably just like it made some money on streaming. You know, the, yeah. the the reason they keep making all these cheap like stream movies is because they do make money in some way. Okay. Um, like people like I rented this movie's on Netflix now. Yeah. So like you know people watch it and probably makes like it probably just barely breaks even makes them a little bit of money. Yeah. From uh suckers like me who rent this stuff <laughs> and own money playing on Blu-ray. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, fun fact: the the house that Femke Jansen lives in this movie is Paula Deen's house. Well. Really? Yeah, it's Paul D. They filmed it in Paul Dean's house. Well, oh, how no. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Dean, supporter of the Poison Rose. Yeah. Um, was so, she in the special thanks section of the credits? I didn't see. I didn't special watch. thanks, Paula Dean. <laughs> it would be funny if she was in there. But yeah, this movie, um, this movie wraps up. It doesn't make any money. No one really sees it. Doesn't do anything for Fraser's career. Thankfully. Thankfully. Right, right. <laughs> um, does it do anything for Travolta's career? Yeah, no. thank- thankfully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it actually does more for Travolta than it does for Fraser in the sense that by doing something for Travolta, people are like, he's doing another one of these? <laughs> um, whereas for Fraser, like, it does give him a movie, which is like at least a step back in the door of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I will say at one point, I'm trying to remember when, I actually turned to my husband and I said, oh, no, I'm actually starting to get a little interested. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened that kind of got yeah. me. It was like, OK, wait, what's going to happen? You know, I knew I had to watch it, but I was like, oh, something, at something, least is something happened that I was like, oh, no, something bad's happening. I'm getting interested in this movie now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really like the poster for this this poster for this movie in which Travolta's face is CGI'd onto someone else's body. Oh wow! Very much. That's so. the picture that it's from. <laughs> just wearing like a jacket he never wears in this movie. <laughs> I just wanted to look at that. Clearly, uh, wasn't available for the photo shoot. Yeah, he keeps trying. He's hope maybe that Amore will be the. I know. hope so, Jeff. I'm really hoping so. I do too. I mean. I Stuart. Hi. Be a believer, Stuart. I believe in Brendan Fraser. I believe in America. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think... um, Kathy, you have anything final to say about um, the poison? (laughs) Um, No, I can... 
do I wrap up the poison rose? Um, I love being with you guys. We Thanks for inviting you. me yeah. back. I always like talking about John Travolta. The classics. And um, that's that's it. I mean, I really have nothing else to say about the poison rose, <laughs> I, honestly. Stuart, but... any final thoughts about the poison rose? I'm just glad we were able to bring Kathy back for another episode. Yes. That's really all it is. It was nice, such a guys. joy. Because when we realized we were going to have to do this again, I was like, what can we possibly talk about again? And I was like, well, we, we bring Kathy back to talk about the Travolta of it all. It's perfect. My guy. Yeah, so My guy. Thank yep. you so much for coming back. Thanks, guys, us. for having me. It was an enjoyable afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to the listener at home, thank you so much for listening to this episode on The Poison Rose. Make sure to turn in next week for episode on Line of Descent. Uh, we'll be joined by Justin Campbell um, again. Again. Yeah, again. He's going for the Tilly Club. He is going for He's going for the Tilly Club. He will not succeed. Um, Tilly will make sure of that. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us on social media at Travolting Pod. We are on Instagram. We are still on Twitter until it explodes. Um, we're also on threads now. We're on threads. I saw that. Um, and <laughs> That was a surprise. <laughs> and very soon we will be on Blue Sky. Oh, my God. Um, once I get an invite code. Blue Sky? Yep. What is that? like? Blue Sky is like the good Twitter um, replacement. It's literally because like Twitter like is just like kind of a nightmare now. Or X because as he renamed it. It's like hellish to use. It, nothing works and there's so many like added features that just take up so much time to um blue sky is literally just a feed it's like you can just follow people and you get a feed and that's it great it's great great um because like twitter's losing users by the day so um, we're all looking for the replacement i'm the mom i'm still on facebook (laughs) i'm still on facebook (laughs) you are i gotta get our facebook back facebook and instagram is all i have me too but we're on all the social medias make sure to subscribe to us on those It'll be great. Um, you can email us, TravoltingPodcast.gmail.com, Reddit, r slash Travolting. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for the graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum smith for the theme music that is now taking you out. See you next week for a line of descent. Mm-hmm.